Hey, hey, hey. Welcome everybody to the daily roundup. This is the end of the week. I can't believe it's Friday already. I'm Drea Humphrey filling in for the Menzoid Menzies and my lovely co-host, another member of the West out from Alberta. We have Sid Bizard. How are you doing today, Sid? I'm doing all right. It's a pleasure to be joining you. And of course, being looking, uh, I'll be looking forward to the long weekend or the weekend, as I should say. Uh, hopefully many people else out there as well will be. Yeah, for sure. Counting down the days. Is it a long weekend for you guys? No, no, no. Sorry, I, I misspoke. Oh. I was thinking about this weekend. But I know there is a holiday uh, this weekend uh, for a few individuals within the Jewish community, uh, or the Jewish community, I should say. So I, uh, I do hope them uh, to have a good weekend. That's true. I think that starts tonight. So celebrations are in order for some. Uh, like I said, normally this is a show that is hosted by David Menzies. I think he'll be back next week, I'm assuming. Um, but in honor of him, I've kept on the tradition when I'm doing the hosting to go ahead and tell you what the National Day is, because where would we be in life? without knowing what the national day is. Today, I have two to tell you about. It is Greenpeace Day. So I'm sure a lot of the green activists are out and feeling very entitled, stopping traffic and stuff. I see that's planned for out in my neck of the woods to be happening today. Uh, but to kind of combat that, don't fret, it is also cheese on toast day, which is a meal I've mastered since a very young age. <laughs> Yeah. So those are the two days. It, it, is anybody planning? Have you heard anything out in Alberta happening with uh, sort of these green protests? Because I know that it is planned this weekend out here. Uh, honestly, I have not heard. There could be something. Um, but I know in Alberta, at least, the, the environmental movement, I think, has a, a bit less uh, of legs to stand on, as it were, comparatively to other provinces. Oh, that's true. Well, we have a really good show lined up to you today, but in case you don't know how the Daily Roundup works, it's pretty cool. We talk about the current events and you can be a part of that too. There's a really easy way to do so. If you go to the platforms, social media platforms that are for free speech where we can live stream, so Rumble or Odyssey, you can actually donate something to help support our independent journalism. And when you comment, let's say it's a Rumble rant, if it's on Rumble, then we read that out you become a part of the show you give us your advice sometimes you guys let us know the news it's a really fun way to get to know you guys better and of course it does help us we don't take a penny from the Trudeau government like 95 percent of media we are literally nothing without you and we help people get the other side of the story all because of you so if you want to be a part of that shoot us a message a tweet and we'll read that not a tweet sorry a message in rumble or odyssey with a donation and we'll read that and getting into it I always do it trigger warning <laughs> we're going to be talking about Trudeau so do what you got to do to prepare for that okay so we're, we've got a little bit of Trudeau but we got to keep you in the loop okay so starting with Trudeau and speaking of trigger warnings we have a video that is uh, consistent with what happens when Trudeau gets spotted in Canada somewhere he triggers Canadians so this is a video of uh, him being heckled by a protester on his way out of the Liberal Caucus retreat in London, Ontario. Let's take a look. <clears throat> Communists, you're a traitor to Canada. Shame on you for selling out our nation. Shame on you, traitor, communist, slave of the world. 
what's your thoughts on that, Sid? Well, you know, I can't say that the guy's necessarily wrong about his perspective on Trudeau appealing to international means as opposed to national means. Uh, especially recently, we saw him go off to the G20 meeting in India, where, you know, his plane crashed down. He had spent a couple extra days. And the international community there was not liking him. But needless to say, uh, I believe next week he'll be off again to New York for another United Nations uh, assembly, as it were. Uh, very, you know, school language that they're using. They, they want to teach these world leaders uh, around the world what they should be doing, as opposed to these world leaders listening to those who voted them in. Uh, it, it is truly a separation Trudeau has with his voters. Uh, and as you can see it there, he'll be heading off to uh, New York for the United Nations General Assembly again. Uh, Tamara, what do, what do you, uh, pardon me, uh, Drea, uh, what, do you, what do you think of this uh, string of behavior from Trudeau? No worries. Don't feel bad. I get called Tamara all the time. I ask her if she gets called Drea. She's like, no, but some reason I get called Tamara. We don't I'm really so look sorry. like, but it happens. No, it happens all the time. But uh, yeah, I agree. There was a lot of truth to what he was saying. Lover of China. We all know the infamous words. It's so embarrassing that the leader of Canada, when asked, you know, what sort of leadership he admires the most, he said he liked, loved, or admires China's dictatorship the most. China the most for their simple dictatorship. So hit it on the nail there too. Also, when he says the media, uh, you know, what will not protect you, we're starting to see that as well. The people are aware of what's happening. Um, they're not happy with Trudeau. The polls, as we'll get into a little bit later, are showing that and reflecting that too. But one thing I've noticed about the media, one way they do protect him uh, in situations where he's being heckled, and normally it's not just one person on a blowhorn. Normally it's a group of people, grassroots group of people who find out within the hour or two that Trudeau is present. Um, and what the media tends to do is you'll see Trudeau come out and do his like queen sort of wave. And the media will just mute the sounds of the people hecking, heckling him, the sounds of the Canadians. And that's one way they protect him um, so that people don't get to hear stuff like that. So, well, yeah. I, uh, I actually witnessed the Trudeau hand waving uh, in person in Calgary here. Uh, where we were, he was at the McDougal Center here in downtown Calgary. He was having a meeting with Danielle Smith, the premier of Alberta. And his way in and his way out, he was doing these, you know, fake wave offs to imaginary yeah. people. And I'm just thinking, like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? Um, yeah. His whole life is a lie at this point. And, you know, we talk about the, the demonstrator there. And every single time Trudeau goes somewhere in Canada, there's protesters. It, it doesn't really mm -hmm. matter where at this point. Everyone across the country is heckling this guy any moment they can. Yeah, and he waves at the fake people because he knows the fake news is going to mute it out and make it look like he had a whole bunch of fans there. But uh, the jig is up. Uh, we also have more Trudeau <laughs> again. Uh, this time, you know, it's another example of why many Canadians are fed up with him and backpedaling when he gets asked a question um, about why he is sort of relying on outdated measures when it comes to addressing the cost of living. Uh, so let's take a look at this video. This idea that you're bringing forth today, this measure is from 2015. Yesterday's measure was a policy from uh, 2018 that was in the budget. Uh, do you, or sorry, 2022 that was in the budget. So these delays are would appear of your own making. The fact that you have fallen behind in double digits in the polls to the Conservatives, is that something that you need to take ownership of because you have delayed these measures that would have made life affordable for Canadians much earlier. I think what Canadians understand is that the housing crisis requires everyone to work together. 
It requires provinces to step up. It requires municipalities to step up. We need to draw in the private sector as uh, important parts of building housing, which is uh, what removing the GST from uh, purpose-built rental housing or apartment buildings is all about. We need to draw in uh, the public sector, the not-for-profit sector, and see it continuing to succeed. So having these conversations and making sure we're building the right solutions for Canadians right now is what Canadians expect of an evidence-based government uh, that is looking at the data and is responding with real solutions to real challenges. Real solutions to real challenges, eh? Uh, you know, it's it's pretty incredible to hear him basically tell everybody else out there that, hey, you guys got to do your part. I did my part. You got to clean my hands for me. Uh, it, it's yeah. it's so there's there's so much audacity to that statement. It's pretty unbelievable. And of course, his uh, his main henchman there behind him, Christian Freeland, uh, egging, egging egging everything on. Right? What, what do you think? About I know. That? Is she the minister of finance? She should be minister of finance and minister of bobblehead <laughs> affirmations. It's like, but you know, one thing I talked about in the live stream or we we covered last time is that his own caucus is is, you know, divided, you know, off record and not being named. They're saying things like he's not listening to them and things like that. So Trudeau really needs this, uh, you know, his his one cheerleader, WEF cheerleader there. I'm sure there's more than one, but you know what I mean? They're ride and die, the Bonnie Bonnie and Clyde kind of match going on there. But you're right. It's, it's basically too little too late is what we're looking at. And it seems like he's grasping at straws. What can I do to make it look like I'm doing something here? And of course that results in finger pointing. Um, says here, we're looking at spooked by polls. Liberal MPs hope Trudeau hears their concerns. Yeah, that's what I was talking before. I think there was 12 of the MPs in the Liberal caucus that are saying, yeah, basically we don't like what he's doing. He's not listening to us. But that could be also them realizing that, uh, you know, the ship is heading to an iceberg and they want to sort of distance themselves. So who knows? Um, what else do we have from Trudeau here? Oh, this one, a little bit of thuggery, a little bit of uh, you better get a line or else uh, going after the grocers saying, uh, again, pointing the finger, it's not me, it's you. And this is what he's, uh, he gets asked a pretty good question here. What exactly is he expecting of these grocers when he's talking about addressing the cost of food in the groceries? Basically, what's he going to do if they don't listen? On the grocery um, orders that you're putting in place, can you be more clear? It seems like you're just asking for cooperation right now. What specifically is your government considering if you don't see that cooperation from the grocery stores? Will you put orders in place? I have to begin by thanking the hardworking MPs uh, behind me who have made sure uh, that grocery store CEOs, the big grocers, were called into Ottawa to explain how they're making record profits while Canadians are struggling to put food on the table. Uh, we know there is more they can do that they must do uh, to keep food more affordable for Canadians. Uh, and that's why uh, we're giving them an opportunity to come to Ottawa by Thanksgiving and tell us exactly what they're going to do to stabilize food prices across this country and ideally bring the, start bringing them down. Um, we are confident that they will be able to come up with a strong plan to support Canadians. If they don't or are unable to, then yes, the federal government will take action and we're not taking anything off the table. But I am confident uh, that uh, those uh, large grocery leaders who are making record profits 
uh, are going to step up uh, for people in their communities from coast to coast to coast. Basically, they're going to be freezing the grocers' bank accounts pretty quickly here, it looks like. <laughs> Christy Freeland, there's a little tweet here. Um, it's just a quick one, but, uh, you know, he's, they're, he's confident they're going to have a plan. Someone here named Jay DV says they should just submit one page with the word just inflation. And that's the thing here. It's like, yes, I agree, grocery prices need to go down. But really, whose fault is that? How did it get so bad? And here it is, uh, all the blame is being pointed to the grocers and they're saying, you better come up with a plan to fix this or else. Well, and this is exactly the same thing he did in the previous question. He chose another person to blame and said, look, you clean your act for the mess I made. Uh, this is this is the playbook that he's using time and time again. And, you know, I'm not going to suggest that the grocers, uh, retailers have clean hands in this. However, you look at everything Justin Trudeau's done over the last few years. It's so rich of him to criticize other people like this for for the years he had to help amend these problems or to fix them or to prevent them. And yet here we are. Here we are. And everybody's seeing through it. Um, and, you know, it's slightly off of food, but. It, people around the world are talking about Canada having one of the world's largest housing bubbles. Uh, there is an economic destruction headed our way with Justin mm -hmm. Trudeau as leader because these things aren't being dealt with. And that's, I think, in part what we're seeing in the liberal uh, uh, in the liberals where they're starting to talk out against Trudeau. It, it's not that they're only now not being heard by Trudeau. It's just now it's getting to a crisis point where they can no longer ignore the fact that they're being ignored by their leader uh, within the Liberal Party. Uh, that's, you know, in part speculation on my end. But you, you look at this road, I can, I can only imagine, you know, sure, we have our disagreements and the Liberals and the Conservatives, they disagree about things, but they do try and come from a place of logic. And I think yeah. maybe the, the, the lower rungs of the Liberal Party are, they, they understand, you know, there's common sense, you know, the, the campaign from Pierre. There's common sense initiatives that aren't being had. There's a, a lack of common sense within the party that they thought was going to represent them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, even back to just again, the, you better come up with this. You have till Thanksgiving or else nothing's off the table. You know, normally we would mention some dictator or something, but this has become true though. Like this is what to expect. This isn't surprising to take that approach. I mean, look at Bill C-18. The whole reason we're not seeing uh, Canadian news on Facebook right now is because Meta is giving us a taste of Trudeau's medicine, what it's going to be like with his authoritative bill, just saying, hey, you better pay for our media. And if you don't, you can't share our stuff. So, I mean, we're seeing this go in other ways. I don't know how the grocers are going to react. They're having a discussion about it, working with grocers, seeing if there's something that can be done is fine. But again, what's rubbing me the wrong way is the ultimatum or else. And where does it stop? Will it stop with the grocers? I mean, look how poorly the Liberals have done when it comes to uh, our debt and our deficits. So who are they going to point to next and say, you better figure out, clean up our mess here or else? Oh, Speaking yeah, it, of it kind of, Oh, yeah, go on. Oh, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, the death of Stalin. Uh, now, not to say that I'm you know, going to correlate Trudeau with the, the old Stalin regime. However, the way that they're acting about the, the power struggle in that movie kind of reminds me of Trudeau. And right now, Trudeau, he, obviously, is alive and well, and I'm not suggesting that should change by any means. However, he is he's a dead leader, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to replace him now. And they're all scrambling and trying to figure yeah. out what to do in this moment. So it, in a sense, it's kind of funny to see the, the, the internal crumbling of the Liberal Party. But it is also kind of sad because... You know, as much as there's grievances on both sides, you do want them to have 
you know, a certain value at the end of the day. And right now that's just completely lacking in the Liberal Party. Yeah, there's a lot lacking. It should be a very interesting election coming up here. Um, you mentioned scrambling. It reminds me about uh, what we're about to see in this video, pure chaos. Uh, police, London police, they uh, shut down, I think, four lanes of traffic uh, to try to keep protesters away from the Liberals hotels. And it gets pretty messy. Let's have a look. Unnecessary touching there, at least. No, you tell me what the fuck you do. Don't tell me what the fuck you do. Want to touch me again? Language warning. Sorry about that little delay. Don't touch me. I know my rights. Don't fucking talk. Don't fucking tell me nothing. You touch him again, and I guarantee people are jumping. Hey, fucking touch me, man. No, you guys provoked this, eh? You provoked this. You guys come onto the fucking streets of us. You provoked it. Oh, look at oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Record it, everybody. Record it. Record it. Just keep watching. I mean, I don't know what took place. I don't know what took place just before all of that, but it does seem, I mean, police are supposed to be diffusing the situation. Uh, certainly didn't get diffused. I don't know. Uh, if that's the beginning of the clip or what have you. Um, but it, I just feel a little sad when I see that, actually. Like, I can't think of another time in, you know, any other prime minister or party, for that matter, where people are so, so upset. And then I've covered many protests, of course, and sometimes I do see protesters yelling. We, we put clips of that, of them yelling at the police. I'm not a fan of that approach. Again, I don't know exactly what started happening here, um, but I can tell you that when I'm in the field, especially more recently when I'm covering protests, there there's protesters yelling at the police, and but usually, you know, they're whispering to us, "Good job, Rebel News. Thank you. We appreciate what you're doing." They're you know, they're cracking jokes about Trudeau and things like that. Um, so again, I don't know exactly what started here, but just a reminder to people that. Uh, you know, just because they're there doesn't mean they're like best friends with Trudeau, right? They're there to keep the peace. So what did you think of that madness? Yeah, well, and, you know, maybe I should just say explicit uh, warning there for all the language that was used. Yeah, it was a uh, pretty consistently <laughs> uh, foul language. No, no. Um, but it's it, that's the state of affairs. And, you know, as I just mentioned previously, we're seeing these demonstrations across the country. And maybe for a lot of people and I, you know, personally, I would suggest, you know, politics is it's soul sucking in many ways. It, it prevents you from living your life. But it, if it gets to the point where government is preventing you from living your life through policies, through mandates, then you have to take action. And that's what we're seeing across the country is the mandates, the policies, laws, 
everything that Trudeau has pursued over the years has led to destruction. It's led to death. It's led to joblessness. It's led to Canada being poorer off than it was before his time as prime minister. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all to see that there's people demonstrating there. And in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if that those demonstrations ballooned in numbers because now people are being aware. And you saw the one or you heard the one lady or person in the background saying, you know, record, record, don't stop recording. And, mm -hmm. and that's exactly it. It's the public eye. The public is yeah. interested in this. The public wants to know. And the people that are going to these demonstrations, they know that. And they know that they're, the mainstream media is not going to give them a fair shake unless they put it out themselves. Uh, I, yes. I really wonder if they would have uh, – that, that headline that we saw uh, – or we actually we can pull it up now on uh, – there were some charges laid from that event. Uh, yeah, London police officer assaulted, charges laid following mm -hmm. anti-Trudeau protest. So it, it's, I, I, I don't know what to make of this. What, what, what do you think, Trudeau? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you just said that some people were arrested as well, like you're saying. There's another angle we can sort of play it while I'm talking about it. I think uh, Dave just shared it in there too. Um, but it looks like there were no injuries. But yes, there was at least three people who were arrested, or at least a few. So um yeah, it's so important to keep rolling. And and just so people know, police can lie to you. It's not illegal for a police officer to lie to you about something. So if you're ever told, no, you're not allowed to record, that's not true. Um, you can keep recording, especially if you're not the one being arrested. I mean, they can confiscate your phone if you're the, the issue. But keep those cameras rolling. The people need to know what's happening. And a lot of times that's how you do keep um, officers accountable should they actually be acting out of line and we've seen that before in some of the reports that we've covered as well so yeah like I said I, I have a little bit of sadness when it comes to this because largely we know that the freedom protests have been peaceful there hasn't been a whole lot of times where there is sort of like the brawl happening with the police like you might saw with you know Black Lives Matter and things like that um so you know it's I, I don't like to see it I don't like to see it for whatever reason it happened and I'm glad that they were at least filming um, so that they can protect themselves if they need to in this situation. And we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, if charges are like, if the charges get dropped or whatever there. But yeah, and I'm sure I think there's a, a hefty, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure there's a hefty uh, sentence that could come along with that if those charges yep. uh, go through the courts in a, 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 you know, a less favorable manner for the demonstrators, let's say they could be facing serious consequences. Uh, but I know we do have to jump to an ad break. Uh, uh, what do you think about that? It's time. Come on out November 25th, it's all aboard the Freedom Train in Niagara-on-the-Lake. You can check Rebel News for updates and also the Freedom Passport site. Tamara Leach, who led the Truckers Convoy, will be sharing the stage with some of the finest international recording artists. Like the Chops Horns from New York City, who's played with Alicia Keys, Stevie Wonder, the Rolling Stones, and many more. Plus New World Sun, just off a European tour, and the legendary R&B master... Leroy Emanuel. Get on the Freedom Train with Tamara Leach. Saturday, November 25th at Niagara on the Lake Central Community Center, 680 York Road. Get your tickets today at freedompassport.ca. The Freedom Train is coming. Know your rights. Know your freedoms. Well, November 25th, that's going to be a pretty exciting event. Uh, I would love to be there. I know some of the rebels are going to be there. They're helping to host that as well. And who doesn't want to see uh, Tamara Leach, queen of uh, freedom in Canada, 
rocking the house out. How cool is that? I just love it. The left head's going to like... <laughs> We're definitely going to be triggered all of this, but yeah, check it out. If you go uh, the, to freedompassport.ca slash concert, and if you use the promo code rebel news, you actually get 20% off your purchase. So with that, it's going to sell out for sure. Again, that's freedompassport.ca slash concert, and then just put in rebel news, but you'll get to see her rock the house. She's really, really talented. Um, and I do know that she met her husband through music too. They're both really good at it. So I don't know who, if he's in the band or anything like that, but like I said, it's going to be a great time. So make sure you check that out. Yeah. I think we have recommend. A, yeah. Especially considering her trial, it's not going on today, but obviously uh, she's being prosecuted now, uh, because of her actions during the, the freedom convoy movement, uh, especially in Ottawa, you know, uh, mischief, inciting others to mischief. It's pretty surreal. And you, if you, if you do want to support her, this is definitely one of the ways that you can do that. Mm -hmm. And if you want to chip in for her legal fees, if you go to, I think the URL is savetamara.com. Did I get that right? Let me know. <laughs> but that, uh, you know, it's been quite the fight. And of course, thankfully, she is not having to pay for any of her legal fees, thanks to people like you who have come together to help, um, you know, take care of those costs. So that is savetamara.com. We have another exciting event coming up, uh, if, as if that wasn't good enough. Uh, I think that's the Ben Shapiro one. If you want to touch on that, Sid, because that one's looking yeah, pretty so good. Yeah, you don't want to miss it. It's uh, one of the conservative, one of the biggest conservative events of the year. It's Ben Shapiro. Uh, he's a huge commentator around the world. His live appearances, obviously, are legendary uh, for showcasing some of his uh, quick responses, his quick thinking, uh, and his uh, stalwart defense of common sense principles. At the end of the day, uh, he's uh, obviously the host of the Ben Shapiro Show. Uh, it's a, a syndicated. He's a syndicated columnist, a lawyer, a best-selling author. Uh, and America's most watched pro-life advocate, known for his ingenious debates, uh, which I'm sure many people have seen over the years. Uh, and of course, jaw-dropping jaw opinions likewise, facts don't care about your feelings, and he's, his relentless ability to tackle the hottest cultural topics of our time. Uh, you see it time and time again through Ben Shapiro. Uh, there's a, yeah. He's a powerhouse, especially in the United States, and it's good to have him up here. Uh, the, what is it, the Weber Force Project is gonna host Ben in, on November 16th in Calgary. So he's actually gonna be in Canada, mm -hmm. And if you guys do want to check that out, go to www.benshapirolive.ca for tickets. Uh, I couldn't recommend it enough. Obviously, it'd be great to have him uh, here in Canada. And, and I'm sure he'd have a lot of great things to say, especially in the state of affairs we have here. Exactly. We welcome the brilliant mind. We need logic. So come on down, Shapiro. Um, now, I know we started the show very Trudeau heavy, very politician heavy. Uh, we're continuing on with the politics. Uh, we're switching over to the leader of the opposition. Many of you have heard uh, all of the or seen, heard the liberal tears falling uh, after <laughs> Pierre Polyev spoke on a WestJet flight two conservative delegates. Let's be clear here. It wasn't just a regular flight and it has completely triggered the left. Uh, so now we have here, uh, Pierre Polyev is accusing a union representing WestJet employees of trying to silence free speech. Um, so he's basically fighting back. I know that they put out a statement and so now I guess the union has gotten involved. It says, um, so he says that they are trying to silence freedom of speech by demanding an apology from the company after the conservative leader spoke on the PA system on a recent flight. Again, 
two conservative delegates. So this union is pushing for an apology. Um, we've covered in other live streams, of course, some on the left are also um, saying, oh, we'll, I'll never fly with you again and things like that. Um, so it talks about what the video is and basically, I'm just seeing if there's anything else to add there. So there's the video. We could show the video. That would be good. You can scroll down in case anybody has missed it. And then that will give me time to grab something funny about this as well. I love I love the little memes. I'm such a sucker for things like that. But uh, if you scroll in the article, there is the video. You could quickly play it. It shouldn't be too long. Just to show people what has triggered so many. Do you not have it? That's okay. Oh, there it is. Oh, it disappeared again. Well, this is Pierre Pauly. I'm happy to join you for a wonderful West Stretch flight back to my hometown of Calgary. Who's ready for a home you can afford? Who's ready for some common sense? Who's ready to give a big thank you to the WestJet pilots and crew? This is your captain warning a little bit of turbulence, but it will only last about two years. Why? Why are people so upset? Again, not even a regular flight. Um, and this isn't the first time something like this has happened. Uh, I just put a video in there of Trudeau. I don't remember people on the right having a heart attack and saying, you know, let's uh, demand that the city never allow public transit to allow a politician to speak. Um, there is a little video of that if we have time to show it. But Trudeau's done it before. And I know I'm forgetting his name, but he's the one who locked us down on the planes, the little short elf looking guy. Sorry about that. But I mean the elf by the ears. I'm not just talking about the shortness, but he's also spoken before. But here's Trudeau. Let's listen to what he has to say. To celebrate, a moment to reflect on all those who came before, all those who fought for freedom, all those who have it's a good message. continued to inspire us every day to do more, to stand up stronger, be better allies to celebrate, to celebrate the journey we are on as a country. Yeah, you know, nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe the message is uh, all right, but he does. It looks like he's being held as a hostage in that video. <laughs> he, he looks very uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Now, I, I will say, you know, on the other hand, Pierre also slightly looked a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but of course, I think anybody going uh, the first time grabbing the, the speaker set on an airplane, that might be kind of fun. Uh, but it's uh, it's interesting that they would go after him for this. And it, I don't know why, but it reminds me of what happened. Uh, there was a, 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 a plane that was filled with people, uh, uh, young partiers from Quebec. Uh, and this was happening during, you know, curfews and lock or lockdowns and stuff like that. And, and there was basically like a, a manhunt. Uh, for these individuals because they were partying without masks on a plane. Um, so it's funny, they, uh, there's something, uh, whenever something's in the sky, they have a, an especial grievance towards it. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Well, I just shared another uh, link. Cause like I said, I'm a sucker for the memes and things like this. Now this uh, video was, uh, it's really short, but it was, it's sorry, poking fun on this. And it's from a very woke lawyer. I never usually agree um, who goes by Kyla Lee. 
And uh, one of the, you know, and I said, when I saw this, I thought, this is pretty funny. And also, this is the way to do it. If you got an issue with it, this is how the left should react. So take a look. I'm telling you, I'm getting the fuck First, off. Person. And there's a reason why I'm getting the fuck off. And everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two fucks. But I am telling you right now, that motherfucker, that motherfucker back there is not real. Who's ready for a home you can afford? Who's ready for some common sense? <laughs> oh, the timing was perfect. Oh, I've, somehow I've gotten um, kicked out of here. So sorry about that. But the timing was really good there. And if you don't know, I mean, I think so many people have seen that viral video of lady freaking out of the plane. I just thought that was hilarious to throw Pierre at the end there. <laughs> uh. Well, All I mean, right. it's nice so, that plane on that Pierre was using didn't crash down. I mean, that's a different level of standard than we expect from our prime minister at this point. So it's, uh, yeah. it is nice to see him up there and active and not uh, hiding himself away in the richness of his self. Yeah, we have more. Polyev, leader of the opposition. Um, this is another video where he's saying everybody is welcome in Canada. And your question is factually wrong. I haven't had a chance to see this, so I'm not sure if I'm setting this up right. So let's just hop in and take a look and discuss. Are Afterwards. transgender people welcome in Canada now that the Conservative Party, uh, it's it's policy not to let them use the bathroom of their choice and also to limit their health care options as minors? Uh, that is uh, the answer, of course, is that the, everybody's welcome in Canada and your question is factually wrong. I encourage you to actually <laughs> read the policies instead of spreading disinformation. We need less disinformation and more honest honesty and truth telling. And uh, your readers are, are, are suffering a very big disservice when you spread disinformation. Thank you. Well, there you go. I mean, he's really good. He's really good at answering questions when journalists haven't done their research and they're just coming with that sort of gotcha moment. They're like, I'm going to get him on this. Um, we've seen that time and time again. And he just kind of says, no, it's, it's kind of like when they were doing that whole smear campaign about him. Um, saying that he was pushing far-right conspiracy theorists and the, the journalists tried to get him on that. And he's like, who are the experts? You know, which experts are telling you I'm doing this? Name one. And they can't do it. So, um, you know, the way that that question was framed was just, it was horrible. It, it's a loaded question that basically you're trying to get the people to believe what you're saying in the question versus what the actual answer is. Well, and I have to admit, I have to do a little bit of digging uh, for what I'm about to suggest, but uh, it's my understanding that there was a unanimous voting on a, uh, a bill that banned conversion therapy. Uh, that happened a little while ago. The Liberals and the Conservatives, they all, you know, had a, a party, let's call it uh, a celebration of sorts, because they were all, quote unquote, on the same page. Yet here we are today, we're seeing children en masse, it seems, being subjected to uh, some of the most brutal surgeries imaginable. Uh, we're, we're literally creating eunuchs in our country, and yet, you know, th it's still a very awkward conversation, and there's so many uh, uh, layers to this, you know, whole trans thing and the laws and the bills that are passing. And previously, we talked about the, the schools and the education system and how they're limiting certain educational tools and putting in other ones that are extremely sexually explicit. So, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a very interesting topic, and I wonder how it'll evolve with uh, Pierre as prime minister, as I, I would expect him to become. Well, yeah, and... Yeah, you're right that you brought that up with that bill that was sort of unanimously passed. And some conservative uh, 
politicians have sort of come out and backpedaled and said that they didn't, the framing, how things were worded, they didn't realize that it would sort of extend upon to, for example, if someone just came, like an adult, an adult came and to their pastor and they're like, I'm really struggling with this and I don't want to be this way. Uh, can I get some counsel for you? That type of activity is against that law. And so that's how come a kid, the argument is that a kid before their frontal cortex can decide to butcher themselves or sterilize themselves, and that's okay. But a grown adult in Canada isn't allowed to say, you know what, I don't think I really want to live this way. Why can't they identify and get any help if that's the case? But you're right when you say that we're creating these eunuchs. Um, you know, we're seeing this rise, this increase in, you know, children identifying as the opposite sex more than before. So you have to say, well, how much of that, uh, if the argument is that it's genetics, well, how much, how much of that is from the environment? Why, if there's a group of kids and one kid is trans, they're more likely to have friends uh, who are transgender as well. Why if, is there certain high schools that have higher percentage of trans kids? So something is is uh, happening here. And that becomes really a really important discussion when we talk about where women and girls can safely go to the bathroom. I know that in the States, in a high school, there was a, uh, I think they call him a boy in a skirt. I don't even know if he was transgender, but he was wearing a skirt and sexually assaulting teenage girls, uh, more than one. And it was sort of covered up by the school. They were protecting this child because the child was wearing a skirt. And so the child was able to do it to another child. So these are real discussions that we need to have. Women need their spaces. That's not bigotry. That doesn't mean all people are not welcome here. And that's very clear that we welcome all people. So... Well, maybe let's just cut the man-woman language, you know, let's cut the man and woman and this and that, and let's just change it to the XX chromosome bathroom and the XY chromosome bathroom. Yeah. Cut the yeah. middle man out. There we go. Yeah. Problem solved. Well, and I've had, um, you're, you're right about cutting it out because it's not just the women and girls who are uncomfortable with this. I had a father um, from North Van reach out to me and say that there was some gender neutral bathrooms coming and that his teen son is doesn't want to use the bathroom. So it's it's the boys who are uncomfortable with this situation too. God forbid, who wants to do a number two? Like which which teen girl wants to do another number two with boys in the bathroom and vice versa? I mean, maybe the guys don't care. But like this is just it's just weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have yeah, one no, bathroom and... that's gender neutral and then separate the rest. Like why can't we just do it that way? Why does it have to be yeah. I mean it's an easy solution. Um yeah, so we have no, more here. It... Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we have another, uh, this time we have a tweet here. I'm just going to click on it. So I'm reading right from it. Oh my gosh, my internet's so slow here. So it's a uh, good old jug meat, jug meat saying, I find it disgusting and inhumane that Mr. Pierre, uh, Mr. Polyev would deny healthcare to those he doesn't agree with. Healthcare decisions should be left up to doctors. Oh, really? Really, Jugme? Where were you dur during the entire COVID-19? What about all the doctors who were losing or um, risking losing their license for trying to advocate for their patients? Where were you then? Mark my words. I'll fight like hell against this. And uh, so there's a post, CBC, Polyev, not saying whether he'll support ban on medical interventions for trans minors. So like, you, you know, if you read 
Jug Meets tweet, you think he's just talking about like healthcare altogether here. But no, we are talking about, let's be clear here, the mutilation, sterilization, the the deteriorating of bone density, the uh, confusing trauma. And that's what we're talking about here for kids, for kids, the same kids that can't drive a car, depending on their age, the same kids that can't vote, the same kids that aren't allowed to buy alcohol or cigarettes, because we know they are not able to make decisions like that. And it doesn't work out well. That's what we're talking about here. And as a little bit of a background, there was a vote again with delegates, I believe it was. So it was a non-binding vote in the conservatives. And that's sort of where all of these articles and all of this is coming from, because I think it was over 60% of the delegates who did vote that, hey, if they're kids, let's delay that sort of extreme treatment. If you want to call it that, I call it mutilation, what it is. Let's wait till they're adults. And that's where this is all coming from. And Pierre Polyev is sort of not uh, responding at this time because his voter base, you know, they want to save the kids. They want to protect the kids. Let them decide that when they're adults. Yeah, and contrast that, you mentioned it from the beginning with Jagmeet. Where was he during the coronavirus pandemic, as it were? Uh, mm -hmm. There were countless people who lost their jobs, who killed themselves, who couldn't feed their children, uh, who are suffering ex elevated levels of abuse. Yeah, uh, all of these things were happening, and so much of it was because these vaccine mandates uh, were forcing people to take these injections in order to live a normal life, in order to go to school, in order to go to work, in order to go to Christmas dinner. And here he is. Maybe we can just pull that up one more time. I, I just love to see it worded so perfectly like that. Uh, he mm -hmm. finds it disgusting and inhumane that Mr. Pierre Polyev <laughs> would deny health care to those he doesn't agree with. And, you know, just to go the nine yards with it, I can't help but bring up the, the Sheila Annette Lewis, a very tragic yes. story. She was denied an organ transplant, exactly. a life-saving organ transplant, because she wouldn't take the shots for COVID. Where was Jagmeet for that? You know, it, it's an absolutely disgusting behavior on their part. The, the, they talk out of both sides of their mouth. And, and this mm -hmm. is a perfect example of that. And he should be able to account because either he doesn't care about the words he's actually using or he's using them solely because there's a political incentive to use those words at that moment, which means that what he's saying isn't a, a moral standing on his part. It's a financial standing on his part. Well, and I also think that it's a little bit out of touch because I don't think the CBC or Jugmit saying, I don't think they realize that many people are in favor of simply letting children uh, wait till they're older to make irreversible changes to their body. Like most are in support of that. Um, I have this friend, we don't agree with anything. We're totally different. Uh, she is an NDP voter, her whole family. She's Muslim. Um, and she let me know that their whole family is voting conservative this time around. And the exact words was because I'd rather, we'd rather vote for, okay, let me get it right. We'd rather vote for racist policies because they believe the conservatives are racist than perverted ones. So these, <laughs> they don't like what's happening with the kids. And so they see the conservatives of the lesser of two evils. So when Jugmeat goes out and says this, I know there's many in the Sikh community who are against this. There's a big protest going on across Canada and BC. I'm finding out that it's in every city. I'm almost every city. I'm working on putting that together and sort of letting you guys know where everything's happening. But it's called the Million Person March. And it's a Muslim-led protest um, that is starting and spreading across Canada. And it's going to be on the 20th of this month. Of course, Rebel News is going to have our boots on the ground covering that. 
But my point is out here in BC anyways, there are many Sikhs who are excited about this protest. And so I'm sure they're looking at Jagmeet Singh and, you know, face palming themselves with such embarrassment. Uh, basically, I think the government is really out of touch on this issue. And I think more and more parents are starting to get aware of what's happening in schools and they are mortified. So, yeah. Well, and I just want to touch on what you said there is your uh, your uh, NDP friend there uh, saw, you know, a trade off between being racist and being perverted. Well, honestly, it's yeah. not even in my opinion, that's not the trade off at all, because the liberals right. are extremely racist. Exactly. Uh, you, they were taking advantage of imaginary dead native kids to to get yeah. uh, public uh, sympathy. Uh, look exactly. at the rhetoric they were using during the lockdowns, the unvaccinated, racist, sexist, homophobes. I mean, seriously, you look at how many times Trudeau's done blackface. You look, anytime he goes <laughs> to some kind of cultural event, what does he do? He dresses up as some kind of figure of his yes. imagination of what this tribe is supposed to be like. Look what he went to India. Look at the kind of dresses this guy's wearing, the outfits this guy wears. It's absolutely embarrassing. That's exactly the right language to use, especially on an international stage. You wonder why he got such a cold shoulder at the, the G20 meeting there in India. Well, look what happened last time. He made a complete fool of himself. And this is a deep-seated racism within the Liberal Party. And, you know, maybe you want to say it, it, it doesn't go beyond Justin Trudeau, but he's the head honcho, <laughs> he all right? This is the man yeah. leading the charge. He, he is racist. Uh, even if he wants to say he isn't or this or that, all he does is take advantage of minority groups. He says he's advocating for them while simultaneously destroying their lives. Yeah, totally hit it on them now. There's so much I could say there. Um, especially just real quick, one thing about you said about, you know, the racism and how he's done vaccine mandates. Uh, when you look at it disproportionately uh, affected black and indigenous Canadians, like my whole family, if you, you think about it, many of them were affected by that. Uh, there's this whole thing, oh, systemic racism, you know, black people can't get ahead. And then you have you because there is more hesitancy in these areas, you made so many black Canadians lose their job with that policy that you're like, they can't go on the train or plane. It's so racist. Um, well, but speaking of race. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and where does that come from? I mean, the government, you know, Canadian government, the United States government, they've been experimenting with vaccines, as it were, for exactly. a very long time. They are then, the biggest monsters on the planet in some capacity because of the experimentation they do on their own people, especially, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, certain minority communities. It, it's yeah. absolutely atrocious. That's so bad. Um, and speaking of racism, we have a video here. It's Pierre Polyev slamming Trudeau's. Oh, sorry. I thought it said racism, but it says radical. But anyways, we have a video of Pierre Polyev slamming Trudeau's radical and extreme drug policies that allow crack and heroin to be legal and present in the playgrounds. Let's take a look. Global News has seen a draft pre press release detailing the BC government's plan to restrict hard drug use in certain areas, including playgrounds and splash parks. Does this change address the problems you have raised with both the BC government and federal government's hard drug policy? Well, first of all, I think we have to acknowledge that Justin Trudeau and the federal NDP are radical and extreme to the point that they allowed crack and heroin in the first place to be legal and present in our playgrounds and around our schools. Isn't it incredible that for roughly the last year, Trudeau and Singh have authorized the provincial government to allow crack, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl around children's playgrounds. This is how radical and out of touch Justin Trudeau has become. What we've seen 
after eight years of Trudeau is a 300% increase in drug overdose deaths in BC. And now he's taking the model that gave us the downtown east side and he's taking it national. He takes the hell that Vancouverites have witnessed in downtown's east side and it spreads it everywhere. And now we have these Trudeau tent cities in places like Peterborough, Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, in Halifax, they just had to set aside more space for tents rather than more place for housing. And we've seen a massive increase in overdose deaths. I will ban hard drugs, stop giving out tax-funded mm -hmm. opioids, put the money yes. into detox, recovery, and treatment Preach so that we it. can bring home our loved ones dr drug-free. And finally... I will sue the corrupt big pharma companies who pushed these opioids on working class people by lying about the addictiveness and lethality to make them pay millions or billions of dollars. And I will invest that money in, in treating uh, our loved ones who are afflicted by this terrible scourge. Thank you. Well, we need to save that promise. If he gets in power, we got to hold him to that promise. That is common sense. Uh, common decency, common courtesy, if you really care about the people struggling with this issue and you care about the businesses that are being impacted by this issue, which is a growing issue, and if you care about the family members and if you care about the kids on the playground, this is a common sense approach. It is so insane um, that in order to be competitive in the race for the next election, you literally just have to make sense. And that made a lot of sense to me. Well, and I mentioned on a previous live, one of the big things you have to do if you actually want to tackle the opioid or the drug crisis here in Canada is you have to go after those who are creating the problem. You don't just help the people on the streets by getting them more drugs or this or that or whatever. You go after the pharmaceutical industries, let's say, as he's suggesting he may do. Uh, you go after them hard because they're the ones who are telling doctors, uh, financing doctors basically to prescribe drugs mm -hmm. to people that are extremely addictive. And then let's yeah. say, you know, six months, a year, whatever goes by, the doctor says, all right, your prescription's up. We're not giving you any more of this hard drug. So many mm -hmm. of those people find alternative means. So let's say they're a student. Well, maybe they, they have a, a link from a friend and they get their mm -hmm. drugs from them now because they, they've built up yeah. that craving in their body. This is being propagated by the health industry here in Canada. It's absolutely yeah. disgusting, and Big Pharma is 100% culpable in this. Uh, they have some some heavy, heavy burdens to, uh, uh, that they have to deal with, uh, especially you know if Pierre wants to go down this road, it's going to be a war. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> yeah. a light thing to go after Big Pharma. They own no. the drugs. They own the food. It, you, they, they own Everything. the vaccines, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you want to go up against them? You know, I wish you luck. I want to see a, a, a concrete resolve there, but that is war. Uh, I would right. think in many sure. senses. So, well, even just know, saying it, even just saying what he said could be war. I mean, I'm happy he said it, but I totally agree with what you're saying. And you're right, big pharma is completely culpable. Uh, the federals are part of the the reason why there's so much trouble in BC. But let's not forget our government, as also uh, here in British Columbia, our NDP government, uh, led by David Eby, right now is um, also part of the problem here too. So what do British Columbians think about that right now? What is the, uh, what do we call us, the left coast out here? What are they thinking when it comes to the next election? Have they had enough of issues like our crazy housing market and as well as our real, what, the opioid issue? It's just going up and up. 
so there is a new poll that came out. Um, I'm just clicking on it. Oh, it didn't work for me. Thank you. I'll look there. So polling Canada. So this is a, a poll. So take it for what you will. But still, if there was an election, uh, this would be it. it says that about 90% of the seats would go to conservatives. Is that what that says? Sorry, my, it didn't work on my phone. Well, it's about what, Conservatives would take there? A, yeah, 52%. Yeah, I don't know. What, yeah, like, look at that. That's insane for British Columbia. And again, this is a poll. Um, so, so this is if an election had taken place between September 9th and 12th. And this is in BC. Okay, so this is, uh, you know, that's pretty interesting to see that. What's your thoughts on that, Sid? Yeah, well, and actually, we brought it up yesterday. If uh, we can show this tweet that we brought up yesterday of the breakdown of the provinces and territories and their voting schemes, it, it seemed like the Liberals don't have a place anywhere. Uh, you talk about the territories; they had one, you know, seat, I guess it were, uh, but the NDP had two. Uh, you talk about Quebec, which is the other place. The it, territories in the Quebec uh, were the only places where the Liberals had a lead over the Conservatives. But in those two areas, the NDP had the territories, and Quebec has, or the Bloc uh, de Quebec has Quebec. So you look at that, there, it might just be a poll, but you, there are so many polls coming out right now that suggest mm -hmm. their numbers are absolutely tanking. And, you know, it's, yep. about, it's about time, to say the least, yep. right? So, and, and, of course, there's obviously the Green Party and the People's Party there. Uh, the People's right. Party, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but the Liberals are going down. Uh, I, I don't yeah, think anybody certainly. questions that anymore. No, yeah, their time is up. And again, with BC, it does seem like uh, there is a shift going. Again, we're under an NDP government. Um, but our sort of conservative party out here uh, has been considered for years to be the BC Liberals. It's sort of a coalition where it would have sort of a mix, including a home for conservatives. They changed their name recently to BC United. Uh, you know, obviously calling yourself BC Liberals attaches you to Trudeau. Um, so they, they're now the BC United, but the Conservative Party of BC, which used to be called the BC Conservatives, they've rebranded uh, in 2022. And since then, they're starting to see a surge. And I think, you know, that having the name Conservative is definitely helping them right now because there's some new people paying attention to politics. Like, what the heck is going on here? And when they hear the Conservative name, a lot of them are thinking common sense. Uh, and this is how we get it done. So uh, I've done a couple of reports on this just recently. There was a poll um, that showed sort of a surge in report for the Conservative Party of BC. Now, oh, oh so we're going to this one first. Can we just go to the other one first since we were talking about polls? But I just want to make sure people are aware that this party previously was barely running any candidates um, in elections. And now they're committed to running candidates in every single um, election, election that comes, sorry, in every single riding, and they have run in every by-election. Uh, so this poll here, uh, it says that they would surpass, I think this is if there was an election, a provincial election in August, the votes would have surpassed the BC United, which again is the official opposition party right at this time. So again, it's a poll, but considering this has been a party that nobody was really paying attention to, definitely an underdog, uh, it does mean something. In the last uh, a couple of the by-elections that they've done, they've done really good in the votes too. So former Premier John Horgan, his seat was up for grabs in um, Langford, BC. It did go to an NDP riding, which is no surprise, or an NDP, which is no surprise. But the candidate that was a conservative of BC actually came in second, so did better than the BC United. 
And in line with the same sort of theme here, that party uh, has been being run by um, MLA, John Rusted. They only had one MLA since they've rebranded. And I think within the last 12 years, this is their first MLA. He was booted out of the BC United for simply retweeting a former Greenpeace co-founder, uh, Patrick Moore's tweet that didn't go in with the whole climate alarmism. So they booted him out of caucus, caucus on his birthday. Uh, he runs as an independent after that for a while here. He was serving and then he becomes the leader of this sort of underdog conservative party of BC. And then just the other day, they got their second MLA. He crossed the floor, uh, Bruce Banvin. Uh, so we can show that article as well that we have up. Um, so he crossed the floor. Bruce Bandman used to be the mayor of Abbotsford, and he is serving as an MLA, and he was serving with the BC United, and he just crossed the floor over to the Conservative Party of BC, which gave that party their official party status. So um, it's interesting to see the Conservative name rising up in British Columbia, again, in a very far left province. Well, I mean, in a sense, I'm not surprised. It's good to see, but I'm not surprised because look at their choices. If you don't have a, a strong conservative footing, then you've got Jagmeet and you've got Trudeau. Mm -hmm. uh, who, who wants to be stuck with those two options at the end of the day? So I, I'm, I'm really not surprised. Uh, I am grateful, though. It is a good change. And obviously, having a larger ecosystem of uh, uh, political parties within the province is, I think, a good thing because it, it levels them out in a sense. Uh, it's not just yeah. one or the other. The pendulum shall swing. Uh, there is a, a bit of diversity that may be introduced and perhaps a diversity of policies, which is desperately needed considering the state of affairs, especially you know, we can talk about the downtown Vancouver area. So, but that obviously is extended beyond there. Exactly. Now we're almost at the end of the show, but we do want to touch on a couple of COVID news that may mean we will be switching off this platform. We're gonna throw an ad and I suggest you go over to Rumble or Odyssey where we don't have to self-censor. We stay on YouTube to of course, get the other side of the story out as much as possible. We don't wanna ignore our subscribers on YouTube or new people who may stumble across us. But when we really, really get down to it, sometimes we have to jump off off board. So go to Rumble and Odyssey, check out this ad and uh, we'll see you right after. Do you want to start feeling like your pre-COVID self again? You're not alone. The wellness company Spike Support Formula is an all-natural supplement to help people do just that. It was created by cardiologist Peter McCullough and his expert team of doctors to help the people experiencing effects from COVID and the you-know-what. Go to twccanada.health/rebel today. All right, so I'm just looking. Um, okay, now I'm confused. Which is the COVID story? I do see the one at the end. Oh, are we starting with Biden? Yes, right? Okay, well, I'm Let's just going to throw to Biden. I, I just don't see more than one COVID story, so I'm not sure if I'm missing something, but uh, we'll throw to this. Um, okay. Let's throw in Biden, because this is kind of funny. We've all We've all known Biden's been lying. But it's very interesting to see CNN say he's lying. And then I'll get my act together and know which COVID stories we're going over. But watch this video. He has done, I don't know if it's similar things, but he's sort of told some stories that don't line up 
quite like this before. Yeah, this president has a, a pattern at this point of either inventing or embellishing stories about his own past, his biography. He did it three times in one speech last month alone. Uh, he claimed he had witnessed a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh when he actually showed up about six hours later. He claimed that his grandfather had died just days before he was born himself at the same hospital. In fact, his grandpa died more than a year before in a different state, not, not the same hospital. Um, and, uh, and he also repeated a favorite false story that I and others have debunked over and over again about a supposed conversation with an Amtrak train conductor he was friends with, who was actually deceased at the time the conversation would have had to take place. And that's not all. There are some more serious ones, in, in my view. Uh, previously in his presidency, he claimed at one point he'd been arrested during a civil rights protest when, in other versions of the story, he just said an officer had taken him home uh, from a protest. He said he had visited the, the Pittsburgh synagogue where worshippers were killed in a 2018 mass shooting. In fact, he'd actually spoken to the rabbi, uh, but never, but never went. Um, and he, he's made a whole bunch of others too. Uh, he said at one point, Republicans like to bring this up. He said that he used to drive a tractor trailer, used to drive an 18-wheeler. Never happened. The White House later clarified he used to drive a school bus at one point for as a as a job briefly. School bus, of course, not an 18-wheeler. So whatever his intentions, whether it's you know foggy memory about stuff that's going on decades ago or deliberate embellishment, this is an unfortunate pattern that keeps coming up again and again with Joe Biden. Lion, lion, Biden, Biden. I mean, I would like to say, you know, maybe this is because he's getting senile or something, but no, he's been lying for years. Like I remember, didn't he like plagiarize somebody's speech like a long time ago and pretend it was totally his, like another president's? This guy has been lying through his teeth for years. It isn't even just because uh, he clearly doesn't even know where he is half of the time. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, honestly, though, I do think this now is less lying and it's more of just him being a senile old man. Because I, I remember during the election watching it, you know, uh, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Even then, I felt sorry for Joe Biden, not because yeah. of, you know, whatever. He, I don't feel sorry for him in the capacity of, you know, he deserves what he gets for what he did during his life. But as an old man being hoisted up there as, you know, the most powerful man in the world, clearly it ain't him. Uh, you look at his tweets, right? Those aren't Joe Biden official tweets from the man himself. Those are some stage yeah. writer, what have you. Um, this guy, I, I genuinely feel bad for the position he is in uh, as somebody who is clearly incapable of doing that job. However, mm -hmm. you know, maybe this is karma considering how he's behaved himself in politics throughout his life. And I know recently his son, uh, I believe he was convicted yeah. on some gun charges or what have you. And there's a very different set of standards that the Bidens face versus the rest of the country. Uh, let, let's not get into, you know, all the cocaine and, and financial scandals. It, it's just truly unbelievable. The Biden family, and of course, being led by Joe Biden himself, the, the walking corpse. It's, uh, it, it's a weird state of affairs in America, and I don't know how long it can last with Biden holding up that position. I don't know how long we'll be able to walk for him, to be honest. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a mixture of, you know, I, I'm, I feel bad for him, but he gets what he deserves. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, sorry about that earlier. I found the COVID story. My bad. It's uh, about mandatory masking. Let us know in the comments if you're running into any sort of mandatory mask policies or masking. I'm very interested to see how fast this is going. Um, but if you look at this article from CJAD 800 AM, oh, iHeartRadio, there you go. Man and CTV News, oh, they're all one in the same. So mandatory face mask guidelines return for 
uh, MUHC healthcare workers. So they're starting with the hospital. It's kind of like when they told us, oh, just wear a mask. And then it led to us discriminating against our like friends and family and not letting them eat in restaurants and things like that. You start off slow. So of course they're starting in the hospitals. The Miguel University Healthcare Center said it is bringing back universal mask wearing guidelines for healthcare workers due to an important rise in the number of respiratory infections. It's flu season, including COVID-19, including COVID-19. Notice they're not saying like, oh, it's this crazy COVID-19 pandemic in both the community and within um, their facilities. So the new directive was announced this Thursday evening. So this is, we saw this happening in the Ottawa hospitals. They said the same thing with all their hospitals. British Columbia is taking a even, or uh, considering an even broader approach where the province instead of individual hospital um, systems is the province is thinking of just mandating for everything. And now let's just remember, this is not just, you have to wear a mask if you're sick, which is the only time that makes the most sense, or of course, if bodily fluids are coming up with your dentist or something like that. But this is even if you're, for example, a mental health professional. So if somebody comes there and they're having, you know, some sort of psychotic episode or whatever, that doctor has to wear a mask, which sometimes that can sort of impede in that care and things like that. Um, so not overly surprised to see that this is happening. What do you think, Sid? Were you thinking we're done? No one's going to go along with this? Or were you expecting this to start popping up just like this? You know, honestly, I can't help but remember, I, I forget her name, my apologies, but the woman who was basically murdered in a hospital here in Canada because mm -hmm. she wouldn't wear the mask. There was some medical issues she had. I forget if they were psychological, physical, what mm -hmm. have you. But the fact of the matter is security guards, uh, they decided that she was, I guess, a threat mm -hmm. or she wasn't complying as nicely as they had believed or wanted. And they killed her. Um, through their actions, they killed her. Not to say that they, you know, had the knife against her. Um, yeah. But it, it's absolutely tragic to see to what lengths they're willing to go for this sort of thing. You, you've got, and it's not just that. It's you think about a mask mandate. I remember uh, in, in Toronto when they first introduced. Yeah, there it is. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I remember in Toronto back in the day when they first introduced the mask mandate, and I, I looked at the measurements or the restrictions, you know, for what is a mask. It's so arbitrary, you know, this idea of a mask. I know they've, you know, come up with a more concrete answer for what a mask is or what an effective one is. But think mm -hmm. about this. When was, when did you ever hear Dr. Teresa Tam, you know, the, the Lord and Savior of Health and Science here in Canada, when did you ever hear her talk about how you need to have a clean shave, you need to apply Vaseline on the seal yes. of your N95 mask? Yeah. When, where was all that? I mean, you, you want to hear about the real health uh, effects of a mask? Don't go to the health experts. Go to the construction workers because they actually have to deal with this stuff on a daily basis. So, you know, this rhetoric, you know, they're wearing masks and whatever, it is all propaganda. It's, it's staged, basically. Uh, and I think, you know, as much as people talk about how we're going to enter into this next, you know, lockdown, as it were, I think right now they're simply just fishing to see where the public's at. They, they're, they're bringing up yeah. all this talk. But I think truly... If there was a lockdown to come, in the snap of a finger, Pierre would win. We would kick Trudeau out in so. a heartbeat. So, you know, I don't want to say that a lockdown won't happen because our politicians are simply bad politicians. They're crazy, manipulative. They want to destroy the lives of everyday Canadians. Uh, many of them do for their own gain. But, you know, seeing this mask thing, and there's another headline maybe I can just jump to, uh, where a lady says that her boss told her she can't wear a mask. So she decided to quit. I mean, this paranoia that people have developed is still out there en masse. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not 
I, I don't want to tell somebody, you know, she shouldn't, or I, I don't want to force somebody to or to not wear a mask. But I'll right. straight up say, this woman is harming her own health. You know, good honor for sticking to her principles. I respect that part. Uh, and mm -hmm. if you think that's, you know, the best way for your family in the long run, well, I look forward to my children outracing yours. But it's um, it, it's this idea that this is the science, that this is real, that has to be dispelled from our society if we want to move on. Yeah, I was quickly trying to find um, a study, but I couldn't find it um, offhand. But it was a randomized study of close to 300,000 uh, participants, and it showed that the masking did nothing to actually stop this virus. We already know that it was on the labels of the masks. I mean, even during lockdowns, but the hysteria made people not pay attention to that, I guess. Uh, we know that it can get through the pores. People are not even wearing real N95s. They're wearing KN95s. Nobody cares about contamination anymore. I mean, if you really want to wear a mask, um, it has to be a proper type of mask. You can only wear it for 20 minutes or so before the saliva starts breaking things down. You got to have the gloves on. You got to take them off, you know, the first aid style. Like people are walking around, they're pulling their masks out of their pockets with their dirty cell phones and dirty keys and putting it on and off and on and off. And I'm with you. I mean, if you want to wear a mask, fine, wear it. It's no big deal. I don't think an employer should say you cannot wear a mask. Although these people still wearing masks, I can't hear them. Is it just me? I literally can't hear them. They can't hear me. I don't know what's going on with them. I even say it. I'm like, you're still wearing the mask. That's why you can't hear what I'm saying and why I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly it. It definitely muffles. And I think everyone's noticed this yeah. now. It muffles your voice. And that's, yeah. that's I mean, very much so part and parcel with the act. They're trying to mute you. Um, so, you know, I'm not surprised there it's, uh, but it's, uh, it, it is truly just surreal all the way around. I, I, I am left speechless at times because of yeah. truly how out to lunch it has become. Um, well, you, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. You were going to say. Yeah. They say, uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over inspecting different results. So hopefully we won't be insane this flu season. Uh, we do have a, a chat with a donation of $5 that came in. Thank you very much. It's from Alberta Dawn, assuming you're from Alberta, and says, quick solution for the trans surgery and puberty blockers. Three doctors and three teachers must sign off on surgery or prescription for minors. Will they be getting paid extra to do so? If the child regrets decision when they're 18, they have the right to sue. Wow, interesting. I think I think they well, already have the right to sue, um, but yeah. Go a step further. Send them to jail. If you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> yeah. cut off a child's genitals, their sexual yeah. organs, those don't grow back. Okay, no. uh, that, that we're pretty far away from that. So if you want to mutilate children, uh, yeah, you should go to jail. It's barbaric. So awesome. But thanks for the solution. Thanks for everybody who joined us on today's daily roundup just before the weekend. Thank you so much, Sid. It's always been fun. This is our second time. I really enjoy doing the show with you. And of course, special thanks to the faces behind the scenes who we are nothing without Efron Monsanto and Olivia. You guys do a great job as always. Thanks for the viewers watching. That's a lot of thanks, but I am. I'm so thankful for everybody. Um, so you guys, as uh, Menzies would say, stay safe, stay safe. Canadians are grappling with news blackouts on social media due to the Justin Trudeau Liberal government's Bill C-18. This new piece of legislation demands that social media 
platforms pay the government for news shared by users, which is an inconceivable task for companies like Meta and Google. So, as a result, they have decided to preemptively block all Canadian news content, including ours at Rebel News. In response to this, we have since teamed up with VPN provider Private Internet Access to ensure that you can continue to access all of our content across a broad range of platforms while also maintaining your privacy. For only $2 a month, you can bypass Trudeau's new censorship laws while you safeguard freedom of speech and continue to get the news that matters to you the most. Visit piavpn.com slash rebelnews to take advantage of the 84% discount and four months free. As a bonus, PIA has all of its servers located in the United States, not China, and they automatically delete user data from their servers to avoid leaks and government subpoenas for information phishing expeditions. Don't delay, head over to piavpn.com slash rebelnews to stay up to date on the news in Canada and protect your access to it. Don't delay, you don't want to be left behind.